0: Log Talk Radio.
1: it today and so I had to do I had to do a, a review a quick review and come on and I'm going to talk about a few other things uh, too on the show that I forgot to talk about yesterday today but so it's more than just about the review for Aretha movie but I finally saw the Aretha movie early screening uh, wow respect <laughs> I know you guys are excited to hear what I have to say <laughs> oh Yeah, we're going to go on a break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. But first, you know, last of the the other day I didn't get to talk to you all about some stuff I had for the show. I, it was a couple of stories that I didn't get to talk to you guys about. And I'm going to try to uh, touch on them tonight. But first we're going to do the review because that's what, you know, the main thing. So hold on, let me just see here. But, yeah, let's, let me just say this. We weren't totally off on our assessment of j Jay Hood, okay? So we'll we, we that's about that's what I'll say about the Rita story until I come back from break. But we're also gonna talk about the uh, the party, Barack Obama's uh, birthday party.
2: <laughs> we're
1: gonna talk about some other. Uh, uh, stories that I forgot to hit on O.J. Simpson and what he said the other day in Los Angeles about, uh, you know, the murders of the, you know, the famous murders that happened that most people believed O.J. did. We're going to talk about that. And uh, I forgot to talk about Dr. Dre. So there's a couple of stories that I forgot to talk about, so I'm going to talk about those a little later on in the show, hit up on those. But when I come back from break, we're going to talk about it I'm here for a special edition for the Aretha Franklin movie review, Respect, starring Jennifer Hudson, okay? And I don't think you guys are going to be surprised about If you've been listening to my show for the last few months, you're not going to be surprised about what I have to say. I don't think you're going to be surprised at all. Because it turns out that, you know, I was slightly right.
2: <laughs>
1: so we'll talk about that and a whole lot more when I get back Meanwhile, you know what? Because we're talking about the life story of Aretha Franklin Let's start it off with one of my favorite Aretha songs, okay? Favorite Aretha songs of all time Hooked on Your Love It's the Carlotta wish. show I'll be back in a moment, y'all
2: the very best in government, politics,
0: celebrity, entertainment, music, news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right
2: here on Block Talk Radio.
0: What's up,
1: y'all? We are back. Well, I am back tonight. I am doing a special review of Respect, okay, of the Aretha Franklin story. Concerns, right? Because I saw a lot of Singing, and I saw uh, Jennifer Hudson, they show, they showed in, in a lot of the trailers They didn't show her talking A lot <laughs> I said, uh-oh <laughs> They're not showing her Talking, they're showing her Singing a whole lot And I said That, I have to see the movie because that Tells me that the her playing the role of Aretha Franklin probably is not so good. Um, here's the deal: most people will probably like this film. I'm gonna probably, I might be one of the few people who don't like it. Um, and it's not that I don't like it. Let me just say this: there were. Let me start off because a couple of things I hated about the script. The script I hate the screenplay the the movie the screenplay I didn't like the screenplay, and I did not like Jennifer Hudson has Aretha Franklin. I really felt from the beginning they needed a newcomer for this movie. I felt as if it was the Jennifer Hudson show, okay, and it completely is going to be the Jennifer Hudson show. She'll probably get a lot of love for this movie. She sang her way through this movie, like she sang her way to the Oscars. For, <laughs> I, I love Dreamgirls, and she she did great, fabulous in Gen, Dreamgirls. And Jennifer Hudson is a good actress. Okay, don't get me wrong here. She's a good actress, and she did damn good in Dreamgirls. Okay, but in Dreamgirls, she got that because she sang her way kind of to the to the um, to the Oscars that's supporting the actress, right? So she's kind of doing the same thing on this movie. Somebody got it. Somebody said, you know what, we're going to have to sing her way through the movie. (laughs) She's going to have to sing her way, excuse me, you guys hear me cough, but playing Aretha, she's going to have to sing her way through so that the audience doesn't see the flaw that Jennifer Hudson just wasn't a good fit for Aretha Franklin.
2: It starts off
1: kind of fabulous at first. There's this little girl, Sky Dakota Turner, who plays Aretha, young Aretha. Now, Sky doesn't, little Sky doesn't look like Aretha, but neither does Jennifer Hudson. Okay, <laughs> that's okay. But little Sky does a hell of a job as young Aretha. Oh my God! And as and if you – listen, this is going to be a spoiler because this is a review. As the movie starts off, it starts off as Aretha has a child, and it's giving you the vibes of what it's like to grow what C. L. Franklin. You know, growing up has C. L. Franklin was the T. D. Jakes of his day. Before there was a T. D. Jakes, there was C. C. L. Franklin, C. L. Franklin, Aretha Franklin's daddy, who was a huge preacher back in the day, paved the way for the T. D. Jakes of the world. Facts. Now, I knew this in high school. My grandparents were gospel singers, so they used to go around and travel, and they knew Aretha's sister Carolyn, and they, you know, and they used to sing, go to to Aretha's uh, church, the father's church and stuff like that back in those days and whatever. A lot of gospel singers and rock singers emerged like that back in the fifties and sixties and stuff like that. So I kind of know the story of C.L. Franklin. It was very interesting that they did kind of touch on those parties. (laughs) Now, I heard they were more ratchet than what they showed on this show, (laughs) the famous C.L. Franklin parties (laughs) where all the celebrities would be and everything. (laughs) They did touch on it in this movie and, you know, showing everything would come sing and all of that stuff. so it's very interesting that they do. They start off with that her being has a young child. Uh, we kind of get, a, 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 we finally get the the answers to about Aretha's childhood as far as her mother is concerned. We still don't get a lot of answers surrounding the kids' father. You know, there's always been controversy about Aretha's kids. The, what was it the first one or two kids? People used to say the rumor was okay back in the day that you know it may have been. Some people, a lot of people thought that it may have been, um, how can I say, what is it? What is it? Uh, 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 child molested, like the, see People were thinking C.L. Franklin was a father. Some people were. That was a big, huge rumor because she was so quiet about that, that what happened. But in the movie, it shows, we see the answer to that, and it's not C.L. Franklin, okay? Because uh, Aretha was pregnant very young, like she's 13 or 14, right? So uh, <clears throat> the, the the young lady Sky, awesome the little young girl. Listen, and the and the cast so phenomenal. Audrey Mc, McDonald who is played Billie Holiday on Broadway and she's done a number of movies. I I can't say enough. Fabulous actress who plays Aretha Franklin's mom in this movie. Excellent. <laughs> I, uh, Forrest Whitaker. I mean, what can you say? Forrest Whitaker is going to come, who plays C.L. Franklin. He's going to come with it. Forrest Whitaker, fabulous performance has C.L. Franklin, okay? I would not be surprised if he's nominated for something, okay? um, A lot of the cast held Aretha Franklin up. I mean, Jennifer Hudson up in this movie. Uh, but they they in the part the beginning of the movie they tone they they zone in on these big, huge, fabulous parties that C.O. Franklin used to have at the house where they'd be drinking and partying, you know, and they in church and shit and drinking <laughs> And on the uh, and after church they drink it. <laughs> With all the celebrities like Duke Ellington All these big people that Sir Aretha got to know And you see this as a constant thing throughout the film Like the, it's like who's who of who's who To let you know that Aretha's family knew this And knew who, 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 who And it was too much sometimes at certain points But I understood what they were trying to establish how What Aretha grew up in Now I'm trying to figure out where should I go with this next. The surprise of the movie, and she was in just a short time.
2: Just a short time.
1: But that little bit of time, she almost grabbed the movie. Oh, my God, I was so proud. I didn't even, I was in shock. Fabulous parties at C.L. Franklin show's. One of the characters they zone in on is Dinah Washington, who is played by Mary J. Blige, okay? From the moment they scan the camera around to you see Mary J. Blige, I have never seen Mary J. do a more fabulous job in a movie. She is certainly coming into her acting chops. I talked about her last year, talking about how she had to loosen up on power. But, oh, fuck, in, 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 in respect, has Dinah Washington, Mary comes to light, Mary steals the show. Mary J. Block. You know when they tell her after... One of the things they tell you in acting school or theater school, if you've ever been to theater school, whatever role you have, do it to the best. If you're a flower girl, do it to the best of your ability. How you bring across that character, even for a short moment, like if you're a little flower girl in a movie and you only got two seconds to come across the screen, throw those flowers like you've never thrown before. You can steal the movie in just those two seconds, right? They tell actors that if you're studying. Mary J. did that shit. <laughs> Let me just talk about Mary J. I was shocked. The moment the screen hits her. She's having this discussion of has you know, being fabulous and talking as Dinah Washington and you're immediately intrigued by that character. Later on that character shows up, has Aretha's grown up and you know, there's a scene in it where Mary J. just comes to life, you know, where Aretha's getting ready to sing one of the – and I'm telling y'all spoilers, so shit, if you you haven't seen the movie, you're going to see some spoilers, okay? There's spoilers in this. There's a scene where Mary is uh, comes in and is dying to watch and watching, and Aretha's about to try to sing her song. And she throws over the table, and she doesn't like Aretha singing her song, but then she goes in and has a discussion with Aretha Franklin, and then that – those – with Jennifer Hudson has Aretha Franklin, and within those that little small segment of that movie, that first half of that movie belonged to Mary J. Blodge. It was memorable. I was like, "Damn, Mary, you have come such a long ways." I am talking about Mary was fabulous. Okay, that she stole the show. That was for, to that little bit of scene, oh my gosh, she was so memorable to to memorable to me, not only to the eye gate when when the the camera pans in on her, she looks fabulous, but then the second scene is even more it's, it's great i mean, i i just i love i love when I see an actor come full circle Mary J. you have come Mary J. Blige come full circle, damn y'all need to do a movie with Di- about Dinah Washington with Mary. Oh, my God, if Mary can keep that, what what I saw in Respect, Mary was fabulous, okay. Um, the next person, I talked about the little girl, Sky, awesome. Audrey McDonald has the mother, awesome. But the next fabulous actor, and it takes a moment. At first you don't, at first you're a little shooken, you don't really, it takes him a moment to grow on you, but Marlon Wayne. Wow. Wow and wow and wow. Marlon Wayans pain uh Aretha's first husband, which I thought the screen which I thought the script stayed too long on. Because the script only goes follows Aretha's life up to nineteen seventy two, which I did not like. Because there is so much more to Aretha. I really actually think they should have ended the script in the early eighties when she when when she gets the free way of love thing. But they ended in '72, which I pisses me off. I didn't like that. I didn't like the screenwriter, whoever the screenwriter is. They wasted a lot of fucking time with music. Okay, I love. I know it's all about music, but we we want to hear music, but we we want to hear Aretha's story too. And I felt like we didn't get. We got some bits of the story. Here and there, some good bits, but we didn't get more stories. So you get, you got, you you got me in this theater for two and a half hours. Give me fucking story. I mean, I know all the songs, and I want the songs in between little parts of the songs, different songs. And I felt like they they left off a lot of great music too that they could. Have. Like I would have seen, love to see how Aretha came to do the Sparkle soundtrack. I would love to see certain other things, but they didn't get there. Okay. Uh, and I know they can't put everything in a movie but in a two and a half hours a good screenwriter can find ways to put certain things. And the most the most disturbing thing that they didn't do is let me see this. Hold on, let me look this up. Um I think Aretha was married to Glenn Thurman. Did you know, the actor. Uh was she married? Yeah, she was. She was married to Glenn Thurman. They did not have that in there. She married him in 1978, but the movie ends in 1972. A very important part of the story, of, to me, of Aretha's story, because Glenn Tharman was another famous person. So I would have loved to see what happened there. What the fuck are we telling? This is the Aretha Franklin story. Now, I did hit on some other things that possibly people didn't know about Aretha, like addiction maybe where she had, she, she had some alcohol issues and stuff like that. But not enough. You know, and I'm going to get to that in a minute, but let me talk about more. I'm going to get to the how I felt about the screenplay and everything in a moment, but let me get to Marlon, the actors in this movie. Marlon, fabulous job as Rita's first husband. He did such a phenomenal job that I forgot that he was Marlon Wayans. That's how good he was. And these people helped Jennifer Hudson's, Horrible performance in my opinion Because she, she kept, let me just explain Something, the accent Was annoying, because she was trying To do Aretha accent, which I'll get On Jennifer Hudson in a minute, but it, it She lost the heart of it Now, there are promising moments For Jennifer Hudson in this movie, and I'll Talk about that in a minute, but I, I really Want to hit the fabulous performance By Marlon, because Marlon Does a hell of A job God He's good. I mean, they said he would think, they were thinking about him for Richard Pryor. You know, often comedians are people with comic comedic chops are often great actors. Like, they usually are great, serious, dramatic actors. He's one of them. A very good dramatic actor. He went into that road. It was a dark road. He did it. And it was a dark and light, because the dude appears light at first, but then it gets dark. And Marlon did such a great job of both energies. I just... Fabulous, okay uh, the other people in this film, I talked about Forrest Whitaker. I mean there's no, I mean you know, you know he's going to do a job a great job, whatever Forrest Whitaker's in, okay Has a father he did a fabulous job. there's no other uh, thing to say. Uh, Mark Marion, who plays Jerry Wexler phenomenal. Okay, there's nothing else that's phenomenal, okay? Titus Burgess. Okay, Titus is an actor. Titus is, was in uh, Eddie Murphy's uh, the the story about the comedian. I forget the name of it. But Titus was in that, has the Eddie Murphy's co-story. He did a fabulous job in that. He does a fabulous job as, as Aretha's piano and voice coach in this movie. He is one of the bright lights of the movie. Bright light. Fabulous, okay? Fabulous. Uh, Heather Hetley, for the little while she was in there for a little moment, Heather Hetley has a huge presence on screen. Heather Hedley's done a lot of, you know, Heather Hedley's a fabulous singer, but Heather Hedley has also done, uh Broadway plays and Broadway stage She doesn't have a huge role in it but the role the times that she shows up on screen, she's a very proud powerful presence. Not a lot of lines. She plays the girlfriend, uh Clara Ward of uh of, of four, which I didn't know C O Franklin went with Clara Ward. Clara Ward was a big gospel singer, I believe. Claire wasn't Clara Ward a big gospel singer. Um I forget what let me look Clara Ward up. I think she was. Um, and I didn't know she was. If you know, C. L. Franklin's story himself, because we we missed the. They don't tell when a C. L. Franklin, you know, was found really. Uh, I think I don't know if he got shot or something like that, beaten up really bad in his church or whatever and he was in a coma for a number of years. We would like to have seen how Aretha dealt with that because she was she was known to be really close with her father. There were many beautiful highlights I mean, highlights in Aretha's st- movie uh, story that wasn't in the movie. Which I found uh, crazy. But um yeah, Clara Ward was a uh was a gospel singer. So yeah, and um yep, but uh she plays that role in the movie. Uh, good job, Heather Headley. For she didn't have a lot of a role, but she's very powerful presence. I'm not surprised by that. Okay, uh, they have, of course, they have little uh, side people playing like Smokey Robinson, and let me tell you, this is a young lady who plays Carolyn, which is Aretha's one of Aretha's sisters now. I've always been told by the people in the gospel community, a lot of people in the gospel community and the music community that knew uh, Aretha back in the day. They people said Carolyn was the songwriter. I'm just telling y'all what people said. People always said Carolyn was the main was the songwriter. In the movie, you see that a little bit. That she was, but no, I heard she was the songwriter (laughs) for a lot of the big Aretha hits that Aretha got credit for, but it was really Carolyn. The young lady who plays Carolyn also plays on the new Canaan Power 3. She's a fabulous actress. As a matter of fact, I would have loved to see a newcomer like her play Aretha because we needed a newcomer for Aretha. Aretha is hard to play. She's a hard role to play. I could not get past seeing Jennifer Hudson all through this movie. I'm sorry, I just could not. I could not get past it. Okay, uh, Tate uh, Donovan, who plays John H- H- uh, Hamm- uh, Hammond, very good. Um, the sisters, all the people who plays the who plays the uh, sisters, good. Uh, um, the person who plays the grandma, uh, who has a very powerful presence on screen, plays uh, Aretha's grandma, uh, Kimberly Scott, I believe. Very good. Um, the person that plays the second husband, uh, second the person, Albert Jones, very good. I mean, the, let me just say this. The cast was phenomenal. They just didn't have much script to work with. And they help. They upheld the Jennifer Hudson show because here's the thing: you could tell Jennifer Hudson was trying her best to get Aretha. It's very hard to get Aretha. She ended up sounding her accent ended up sounding more Tina Turner ish when she came back from London <laughs> post <laughs> uh, 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 post after London than Aretha. And it's very hard to get Aretha's proper southern drawl. That is very hard. She has a northern, southern proper drawl. It's like Aretha was always trying to talk proper. And it's so hard. And, And I felt like Jennifer Hudson kept trying. And then when she sings, she sings a pitch higher trying to sound like Aretha. But I keep hearing Jennifer. I could never get over the fact that this was Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha Franklin. I I, I could never I never got lost in the movie. Every time Jennifer Hudson showed up on screen, I, I I always saw Jennifer Hudson. I never saw Aretha, and that's what I didn't want. But the cast upheld the movie, bad script and all. They upheld it, and they did a phenomenal job. And uh, and doing the best with the script they had Um, Jennifer sings a lot There is a part, a middle part in the movie Where Jennifer gets a little bit better You see certain little movements that she has Kind of Aretha-like But there's a part they give her. They gave her, I think, just for the acting. Maybe you know the hope that she gets nominated for an Oscar, (laughs) where she's uh, Aretha's drinking and stuff. So we see that part come in, and it's a a sort of a powerful scene. That's the most powerful scene to me from Jennifer Hudson, besides her singing. And when she goes back to the church, there's, there's, there's certain highlights for Jennifer in this movie. But Jennifer, in my opinion, was not a good choice for Aretha Franklin. She just was not. Uh, I'm going to say something. I have not seen the Cynthia Erivo uh, uh, movie because I'm not that into Cynthia Revo. But I will say this. From the previews I saw of the Cynthia Revo one, uh-oh, I'm about to scare some people. I actually thought Cynthia Erivo might have did a better job than Jennifer Hudson. And I thought Cynthia Erivo was horrible in that, too, as Aretha Franklin. But I think she got Aretha. She didn't overplay it. Jennifer uh, Hudson is overplaying Aretha Franklin. And what we end up getting is the Jennifer Hudson show. And this is what people wanted, in my personal opinion. I think Aretha probably didn't want... Jennifer Hudson at first, you know, Aretha was talking crazy at first. You know, when she was alive, she was talking about she won't Holly Berry. <laughs> you know, a good per, a poor choice would have been for Aretha too, if she just as she was a smidge younger, would have been a great Aretha as Audrey, Audrey, the one who played the mother, Audrey McDonald. She would have been a great choice for Aretha too, because she's a master actor too. But she, she would have been a she, and she looked more like Aretha. But I think if she's a little older. So it, it didn't work. But if they would have gotten a newcomer that nobody knows, searched, I think we would have enjoyed, I would have enjoyed this movie much more, and I would have gotten lost in the story of Aretha Franklin. But Jennifer Hudson kept fucking distracting me the whole movie. That's the facts. Okay? Now, the script also distracted me. The script goes from her young years to 1972. The script spends a lot of time musically on music, songs, certain songs. Uh, we, you know, <laughs> the early years when she was, you know, when she was with Columbia, it spends a lot of time there. Uh, it spends a lot of time on the first husband. Uh, it um, does give us a picture of Aretha having a problem with being, you know, kind of a, a little kind of. Fancy, maybe a little promiscuous lady. You know what I'm saying? It does highlight that. Um, It does highlight that her father was not a perfect guy, which people always knew about C.L. Franklin. Um... The screenwriter used too much time for a lot of it. And maybe the screenwriter, they did this because they were covering for the fact that Jennifer Hudson wasn't a good fit. So instead they made it a musical because I felt like it was more of a musical about Aretha Franklin than a movie. You know, because I felt like we was getting a lot of music songs. Like we got whole songs, whole ass songs. I mean, like four, five, whole – for whole ass songs that could have been used for more story Like I like a piece of the song Like you, you get a little like we get a verse Like and then you know a little chorus And then boom it goes to the next thing But we kept getting whole songs and stuff Because they know that's where Jennifer shines um, But I would say she kind of wasn't shining that much in that Because she kept trying to sing in that high octave sound The gospel part she really shines in But with, she kept trying to mimic Aretha And it was just uh, now, most people who are going to see this film are not going to notice the little things I notice. But, I, you know, I'm a Aretha Franklin fan, and I know how Aretha used to do her interviews and everything like that. And it was um, – here's the thing. When you see great people like Jamie Foxx, when he takes on the role of, 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 of a, a very hard character to play, but when Jamie Foxx becomes Ray Charles, Oh my God, it's magic. Jamie doesn't just mimic Ray Charles like a comedian. You know what I'm saying? He embodied Ray Charles. Uh, when you see uh, that young lady, Audrea, 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 what's her name? Andrea Day, who played Billie Holiday, she literally, like, oh my God, she... The script was the script wasn't shit, but Andrea Day, Andrea Day was that her name? Andrea Day made that film great because she she was the she embodied Billy from the voice to the movements. Oh, great! She didn't even look like Billy, but she was. I mean, she, it was like the spirit of Billy just jumped in, right? Oh, that's magic when that happens because you forget like. I thought I was looking literally at Billie Holiday. I forgot it was Andrea Day. You don't forget it's Jennifer Hudson in this movie. And maybe that's what they want you. It's like, here's this thing about Jennifer Hudson, okay? And, and I don't want to diss Jennifer Hudson because I'm a Jennifer Hudson fan. I like even the last couple of albums, okay? I know a lot of people didn't, but I did. But there's this constant push to push Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> Like, to constantly put, even in the wrong roles. Uh, yeah, no, she wasn't good as Aretha. And I'm just going to say my truth. I don't think she was great as Aretha. I think she did a a decent job for what she had, but I did not like her as Aretha Franklin. Uh, and, you know, when you get those people, like, when you get, like, Denzel embodies Malcolm even though he doesn't look like Malcolm he he just he he just lays it all on the table as Malcolm X. You know? It's like uh who uh who ooh, who who was somebody else that uh, does a great job. Um uh, was it Queen Latifah played somebody one time and it was was it Betsy Smith or Rosetta Thorpe? I think it was Betsy Smith. Oh God! If you guys are hearing, it, I'm hearing it. I got this loud thing out here. If you guys are hearing this loud uh, motorcycle, or whatever, but, but but she did a great job. I, you know, I I think that that you you have to when we're talking about such a character like Aretha Franklin, who was very flat in her beam, who carried herself in such a really uh, majestic, very loud way, but yet very toned. Like she was being both at the same time, like Aretha was loud, majestically, how can I say it majestically flat <laughs> that's like and what I mean by majestically flat is that she was uh uh very fabulous in a very quiet way. But she overly tried to be that. It's like it's hard to be. It's a hard character to be. And she was that all through her life. So Jennifer Hudson could never grasp it in the movie. So if I was the director, I would have just told her to stop trying to be Aretha and just go ahead and embody yourself, use your voice, use your your, your everything, and just tell the story the best way you can. The mimicking of Aretha did not work for Jennifer Hudson at all. The script was bad because the script went too short of a time. To 1972 when Aretha had so many other things that happened in her life after 1972 from, you know, The Marriage of Glenn Thurman, when she reemerged on the scene with, uh, I think that would have been a great place to end it, when she reemerged on the scene when she had her first hit, big, big hit in years, when she did, um, what was that? That song, "Freeway of Love," and it was her big comeback. I would have loved them to end it on that in the eighties, but they didn't. Cause they, because they, but that was that that's the meat of Aretha's story. You can't just end it in seventy two and say, "Okay, here we go." <laughs> I know they like to, I mean, the early part. And, uh, you know, here's another thing you get from Aretha's story. You get the fact that the Aretha Franklin uh, uh, estate and Aretha Franklin approved this movie. And here is the bad thing about that. It's hard for people to tell, to live in their truth, right? Because you see gaps in the movie. I, I noticed gaps like gaps were, strange gaps were, like they didn't want to answer the question. Like the, you know, like when Aretha's father gets hurt in that church, I think that's in the late 70s or something. I mean, we, we, we need, to, those are all highlights of Aretha's story. But it's almost as if they didn't want to go there, okay? And so I feel like biopics should not be done unless you want to have a real-ass come-to-Jesus move uh, uh, <laughs> moment. Meaning that you want to lay your story on the line. Like if your daddy was them parties was it wasn't just because uh, you know people were saying mixture of things about them parties back in the seventies with Aretha's daddy. Some people were saying they was uh, orgies and I, I ain't saying they was, but people were saying it was some dirty shit going on in them. <laughs> them Christian church parties with with all them jazz artists and R&B artists and all that stuff. I would have loved to see the real deal. I like to see Aretha coming down singing, and we did see a very major thing that happened to Aretha. I'm trying not to give y'all spoilers, because of those parties. So we know that there were skanky people there, okay? But to me, I like to see the real grit and bones and stuff and how it happened. I like you to give me the gritty story about you. Now, we did get some grit. About Aretha, we do see a certain part that Aretha gets full of herself at some point. We do get that. We do see that in the film and stuff like that. But to me, it was it was like they was just holding back. Like we don't want to tell we want to tell just enough, not too much. Oh, we trying to hold back. It was like they were still trying to protect the the protect. You know what I'm saying? And Aretha's gone. You shouldn't be protecting now. At this point, tell a good ass story. And that's why I like when you do bi- biographical biofilms, it's important to not, to me, I feel like you have to go to all sources, people who didn't even like her. You have to go to all sources to get a real good-ass story. Like, that's just, you just got to do it. You can't you can't have people like, uh, she was kind of, them. no, if you was a mess, if you was doing all kind of ish, you got to tell the story because that is part, that is real. That's who you are. And that's why I even said I don't want to ever see a Leah a bio. I said I don't want to see an Aaliyah, Aaliyah pic about a Leah biopic again because I don't know if her family's ready to have that real thing about who she was. Like, if you was having a hard-ass time, like, I, see, I feel, here, here's what I think. I think when I get Mary J. Blige's biopic one day, when Mary J. Blige does a biopic, I believe we gonna, we ain't going to get all the shit, but I think we're going to get enough just enough real shit. Mary going to tell you, because Mary's never, has not always been so secret. Now, will we probably get the stuff that ja- Jaguar Wright was talking about? <laughs> Probably not, but I would like her to do that. I would think Mary probably would. Addu- Mary might address that, because Mary is a very real person. She she's very she's been very open about her struggles and stuff. So I suspect we would get a hell of a biopic. You know what I'm saying with the with the real shit. <laughs> but I don't like people giving biopics, and you still trying to protect your know, like you you still trying to protect like you trying to show yourself. Well, I might have did a a little bit of crack. <laughs> When you really was doing a whole, you was doing crack every day, <laughs> right? You know, like, like I want you, your story needs to come through in a realistic way. I did feel like they tried to hold back a lot of the story. There's still a lot of things shrouded in mystery, and that's why they kept it from that one time period to a certain time period. <sighs> But you did learn a little bit about more about Aretha that maybe a lot of people didn't know. Now I knew a lot of that stuff because I used to hear the the, the stuff back in the day. But a lot of people may not know that stuff, okay? So you know, that's why I say when they ever they do a biopic on Motown, now that's gonna be the best biopic ever. But the truth is, as a matter, is, Barry Gordy gonna have to be willing to tell his shit, okay? <laughs> I read mean, The Grime and All. Uh, that's the one, you know, that's why I always laugh about Dream Girls. I said Dream Girls uh, would pale in comparison of the real story of Motown. The shit I used to hear about Motown. <laughs> oh, God. The stuff they was doing in the 50s and the 60s. It was crazy. Oh my God. David Ruffin. Oh God. You got David Ruffin and the Temptations and they shit. You got the the Supremes and they shit. You got Don Ross who was allegedly going with Barry and Smokey. You got what you you got you got? You got uh, and you got, you know, Florence and them not being happy, you know, when, Mary, when when Diana becomes the big Supreme. Then you got, uh what else at Motown? You got Marvin shit, Marvin, Mary, and Barry's sister. Oh, my God, Lord, please do a story. The story of Motown, somebody convinced Barry Gordy to tell his truth. And we ain't even talked about Barry Gordy in the first wife shit. That was scandalous, too, okay? The first white that allegedly helped him build up Motown.
2: Oh, I'm sorry.
1: The Jacksons. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, how messy. But, but you got to be real. So that, that's how great films are made. And I feel that a, a respect was just always on the edge of being great. Like, it was, I want to be great, but I can't. I want to be there's great moments, but it always kind of comes out in a dud, okay? Now, I won't tell y'all not to go see this film because I think you should in respect to Aretha, okay? However, I do believe uh, from what I've heard, I'm going to go back and watch it now. I'm going to give Cynthia Revo a chance, and I'm going to tell my truth about Cynthia Revo. Uh. I do believe they probably had a better script. I've heard they had a better script because they had uh, like that that on that on that particular um, thing. It was on television, and they did like an eight part series. They said an eight part or something. I need to see that. I'll have to see it to really be sure. But from what I've seen so far, I just did not like Jennifer Hudson. Has that was the the biggest one of the biggest mistakes in the screen and the uh, the script. The screenplay was not that great, and the time that they, and I really believe that the screenplay was not that great because they tried to uh, make it uh, a musical for Jennifer to sing her way through because, you know, when Jennifer appeared talking in that accent, that Tina Turner accent, (laughs) it was a lot. (laughs) But the great actors that surrounded her held up the script, okay? So that is my review. For respect. Y'all tell me what y'all think when y'all see it. Y'all know y'all can hit me up on the Carlotta Chat will Facebook page and y'all can say, Carlotta, I disagree. Jennifer sang her butt off. Y'all know how y'all be telling me, y'all be t- trying to tell me off and stuff like that. Okay, that's fine. Y'all can do that, okay? But um, that's my thought on it. And I'm a Jennifer Hudson fan, but I just knew that Jennifer Hudson was not, I just never thought she was built for that script. Sorry. Again, Mary J. Blige, the love, the Mary J. Bodge might be the most shocking for me because I just couldn't believe when they scanned to her how fabulous those those few minutes in the film she was. She was great. Great. Shout-out to Mary J. Mary J., you stole that film for like the ten minutes you were in it, five to ten minutes you were in it. You stole the screen when you showed up. You stole – every time you showed up, you were – you you have literally come into your own. She was the most shocking part for me. I do believe they should do a, a film if Mary's ready because she looks like she's ready now. The way she stole the screen time there, she she should play they, – maybe they should do a biopic about Diana, Diana Washington and Mary should play. Mary was great. Awesome. All right, you guys. When I come back, I'm going to touch into a little bit of – uh, the stories that I was supposed to talk about yesterday, I forgot them. I'm going to hit on a couple of more of them stories, and we're going to talk, and then I'm going to end the show. I'm going to end this early because this was just for a review, okay? But let's listen to uh, another, what's okay? we got another Aretha song, one of my favorite Aretha songs. What we got? Okay. Now, you know, my favorite singer of all times wrote this song for Aretha. He produced this, uh, I think, album for Aretha jump to it, Luther Vandross, produced and wrote, it was one of Aretha's number one R&B songs after a long period of time too, okay? Jump to it album, is a bomb, Okay. And you can hear, if you listen to Jump To It, you can hear Luther. You can hear that sound, him in the background, doing the background, because he did some of the background vocals, too. So here's Jump To It. It's the Carlotta with Show, y'all. I'll be back in a moment to with a couple more stories and to wrap the thing, this thing up. We're going to talk about the Obamas, too, the Obama party. Obama, Obama out here partying like it ain't no Delta variant in these streets. <laughs> all right, all right, so
0: here it is. Jump To It. I'll be back. the reason why
1: Like the beginning of it, uh, Rea kills that. That's a good album. I think is that on the Freeway of Love album. I think it is. I think it, I think that is okay. All right, I am back on the CC show. I've already done the Respect movie review. <laughs> so if you guys ha- uh, didn't get a chance to hear that, you can go back into the archives after this show is over and listen to it now. Let me say something else. If you missed yesterday's show, it was a hot-ass mess, okay? So make sure you go listen to it in a good way, right? Funny, okay? You want to hear my opinions and my thoughts on some of the hot topics of the week, make sure you go in the archives and listen to yesterday's show, all right? it's plenty there for y'all to hear, all right? All right, let's talk about O.J. Simpson this week, Okay. Man, O.J. Simpson avoids Los Angeles for one a very specific reason. He says this is according to profootballtalk.nbcsports.com. Com. It says one would think that running O.J. running back O.J. Simpson avoids going to Los Angeles because that's where uh, this is. Now, this is what the article says. Okay, this should be slander, by the way, because O.J. was found innocent. But the article says by Mike that he says. uh because that's where he killed two people 27 years ago. No, that's that's really actually slandered. O.J. was found innocent of that, but he said he avoids L.A. Uh, for a different but related reason. See how the press gets away with saying so many things that really should he should really actually sue them for that because he's saying he killed somebody when he was found innocent of that. But it says I have trouble with L.A. Uh, uh, with L.A. Simps, uh, Simpson recently told Tim Graham of the Atlantic of the Athletic dot com. Uh, People think that this is self-serving, but I might be sitting next to whoever did it. I really don't know who did this. The article published as a part of a countdown of the top 100 players in NFL history. Simpson came in at number 41. Gives Simpson plenty of room to say plenty Of the tone deaf things he has said for years now Okay, you know, uh, they say How many Americans even today Wouldn't like to live uh, Wouldn't like to live my life Simpson says, I don't work, I play golf Four or five days a week, I go out to dinner A couple nights with friends, people want To buy me drinks, I'm always taking pictures of people Ladies hug me, people truly care For me, you don't know who truly cares about you Until you've gone through some serious stuff And I've gone through serious stuff The media won't say it, but that's my life I'm living a good life now, listen I am one of the people that don't believe. You can fight me on this. I don't believe OJ did it. I never have. And I listened to the case. Me and my grandmother were court TV and case TV junkies, okay? We listened to the – I listened to the case very thoroughly. That is one of the most questionable cases in history. Yes, I know comedians came out and said jokes and stuff and swayed a lot of black people to believe O.J. Simpson did this I never believed O.J. Simpson did it Because O.J. Simpson At that time was middle aged Bad knees Ron Goldman was a very young man Now did O.J. Maybe O.J. hired somebody and shit to do it <laughs> okay, I might say that But I don't believe O.J. did that at all And the way the murders were done Almost were like a hit Like Ron Goldman fought Whoever he, he had and Probably fought pretty fiercely Okay, uh, O.J. had a couple of scratches or something, but not really, uh, and the way Nicole's neck was cut, it was almost as if it was just a, it wasn't personal. It was like they just lifted her head and just, and it, that, didn't, that didn't seem like a, like a love, like somebody finding someone with somebody, like you find a person with somebody else and you a violent person, usually they just stab up the people. You don't have somebody say, I mean, and O.J. did all this by himself. I've never believed that story. And on the low, there has been a lot of theories surrounding this case that the media doesn't love, doesn't like to go into the narrative because the media loves the narrative of O.J. guilty. That sells a lot of shit. It has sold a lot of shit for years. That's okay if you don't believe O.J. If you believe O.J. did it, that's all right, that's fine. I don't. Fight me. (laughs) I never have thought he did it. I thought he got a bad, it was a bad thing. I thought, was O.J. probably abusive in his his relationship with Nicole? Yeah, probably was, but I didn't see enough to uh, kill her. I don't believe O.J. did that. I believe that was a professional hit for something else. I said what I said. I keep saying, it. and then you know, some of the neighbors that night, which they don't like to talk about, saw other people in this on the street that night. Neighbors claimed to see. It. And listen, if OJ done that by himself, neighbors probably would have heard. Nobody heard anything. There's a lot to that case that is so messed up, and it's people that have for years made money off of this theory that OJ did it. They made, they put all kind of bullshit up. I remember watching the Johnny Cochran. People never loved to give Johnny Cochran his 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 flowers. Johnny Cochran was a hell of a lawyer, as smart as, as smart as ever. Johnny Cochran just did a hell of a job. First off, on a case that was very shaky, and in the eighties, it was it was just something you know. People loved the idea of this black dude, this big black football player, killing two white people. Oh, and his ex is poor, white, ex-wife. It's just the scenario, it's just it's one of the most racist, diverse cases in history. And I believe O.J. when he says he's scared to go to L.A. The problem with O.J. is O.J.'s arrogant, and O.J. has never reckoned. O.J. is one of those people that don't have, um, you know, might be even a narcissist in terms of like not uh not understanding what's going on or aware of everything around him everything is about him even when it goes bad so he never knows how to shut up and just go away but i don't believe oj simpson killed those people i don't think he did it at all okay just there's just sorry no proof so i agree with him and people can get mad at that at that at all i think he uh he gets dragged more than people. I mean, there were people who, uh, 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 the, what was it, the woman who lied on Emmett Till and all that stuff was alive for 20-some years ago. I mean, they didn't even get dragged like this. See, people who killed people in the South no got to live their life in peace. OJ never gets no peace. And it's almost like, you know, I mean, I just don't know if I just even believe, I, I, I ever believed that story about OJ, Okay. Also in the news, uh, Obama, Obama been out here partying up in Martha's Vineyard. He been having his ass a good ass time.
2: <laughs>
1: all right, they said uh, 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 her music, happy birthday. Uh, her music was at his birthday party. He had all kind of people there hanging out. I mean, you know, of course he gonna have all the uh, uh, the people in the known. I mean, how long have you known her? I ain't been on scene that long. You just invited people to your birthday right now. His ass did not scale back. He was supposed to scale back. You think Barack scaled back inviting her's ass? Her, her, he didn't know her like that. He, he just want to invite the hottest people. His ass, and then he had, um... They said people was <laughs> people was taping, so they had to, you know, they were showing that it was a maskless party. Like he had people there with masks. Allegedly, people, some people are saying people weren't vaccinated and all that. But they on they, they on TV telling your ass not to have no parties, telling you not to to be safe. I say party like it's barack, like you barack. That's the new thing. Party like you barack. Barack didn't give a shit. He had a Martin's vineyard with probably a with they say a scale back party, probably with five hundred to a thousand people in there. And I and and, and had a good ass time. <laughs> so they can't they don't need to be telling you shit about not going to see your families at Christmas because they ain't vaccinated or getting together and stuff like that. Barack had a full ass party. And this is according to Boswell, They said there was a long and extravagant list of guests invited to celebrate former President Barack Obama's 60th birthday. However, some invitees were abruptly cut from the guest list due to growing concerns about the spread of Delta variant bullshit. It was probably people who weren't coming anyway. That's my personal opinion. A-list celebrities, musicians, politicians began rolling into Martha's Vineyard Friday afternoon ahead of the big celebration. But unfortunately, a majority of former Obama administration officials looking forward to the reunion after an isolated year were nixed from the A-list crowd. Now, I can't believe that, like administrator people, because they nixed that. I would do because they want the celebrities there. Okay. Uh, That sucks, but it's Obama's birthday, so technically he can do whatever he wants Some of the big names invited to the festivities were Jay-Z and Beyonce, of course Uh, (laughs) Although it's unclear if they attended, I couldn't believe they didn't attend ATR, her, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, of course The usual suspects, okay George Clooney, Jennifer Hudson, Erica Badu Oh God, please, oh my God his close friends, they, he don't know her or anything like that. You know, all I say is, the new thing is, party like it's Barack. <laughs> I mean, get to Delta Mary in these streets, party like it's like he Barack. Go on and have your birthday party. Go on and have your uh, Christmas party, your Thanksgiving get together. Barack says this, <laughs> and I'm sure he didn't scale down. Just be safe. Wash hands. If you feel like people need to wear masks, okay, all that stuff. But Barack had a full ass party out here trying to make people think he scaled down. <laughs> Hilarious. All right, let's talk about Dr. Dre. Did I talk about Dr. Dre yesterday? Because I don't think I got to Dr. Dre's daughter's homeless and said he re- and said he refuses to help her. And this is according to Yahoo. dot com. They say Dr. Dre's oldest daughter has shared that she is currently homeless and not receiving any help from her hip-hop mogul father. Latoya Johnson, 35, told the Daily Mail that she is living out of a rental car and, during, and doing Uber Eats, DoorDash, and working a warehouse job to make ends meet. She said her father, who is worth $800 million, cyborg, stop, stop. Now, come close, dear. Nicole cleared that up for us. I mean, they love to throw around this billion-dollar shit, you know? I mean, everybody's a billionaire nowadays. I mean, you guys are literally making billionaire sound easy. But Nicole schooled us on game. She said they literally have, Dre has $240 million in cash available. That's more than a lot of people, right? That's a lot of cash, okay? But the rest is in assets, okay? And you know, is that really $800 million? We don't know. You know, assets is questionable. I always tell people, when you got that much in assets, like when they when they call you a billionaire for mostly your assets, I always laugh because you know it's like the game of Monopoly. You know, have you been in the game of Monopoly when you've had to sell off your mortgage and shit? I've been play, I played with real ass Monopoly players. Like when you playing real hard, <laughs> right? Because it's one of my favorite games, right? And where you, we 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 been gangster with it? Like we we robbing people, we want that we we breaking them, damn, bankrupting them, <laughs> all right. And when we get them bankrupt, we like they gotta trade off mortgages. And we saying that shit, we ain't giving you uh, what you think that shit's worth. You, we'll pay for this much. You need cash. Shit, you, I know you say it's worth a thousand. but I give it to you for five hundred. <laughs> I'll take it off your hands for five hundred. That's in life. That's real life. So some of this shit, when they be telling people they're worth a billion dollars and stuff like that, uh, it's an estimate, Uh, especially with that Forbes shit. Y'all know Forbes, we just, I don't know, it's, it's questionable. But the fact, because, you know, they be falsifying papers and shit for Forbes. <laughs> Forbes be estimating and all that. But, you know, Dr. Dre's shit, I mean, like, you know, maybe when he sells off a piece, it's not as much as this. It's just an estimate, Okay. You know, it's not as worth as much as probably they think, all right? Because I want y'all to get out here thinking that people just run around here being billionaires. Like, it's, I mean, I like the idea of people making a billion, but it's like almost, it's almost a like it's starting to be a thing where it's starting to be just way too much. Oh, I'm playing music. I didn't even know I was playing music. They said I was playing. I was playing music. Sorry if you guys been hearing the music in the back. Oh, my God. I've been playing music in the background. Okay, sorry if you guys have heard the music in the background. Okay, I just turned it off. Okay. All right, but getting back to LaToya, Uh, she has spoken to the media about him. His lawyer has said that my dad doesn't want to help me because I've spoken about him in the press. She said, I feel like I'm damned if I do and I'm damned if I don't. Johnson said she has continually tried to reach out to him but cannot do so personally and has to go through his team. Johnson hasn't seen her father in 18 years. Damn. Even when he was hospitalized due to having brain aneurysm in January 2020, Johnson said trying to see if he was okay was like pulling teeth. Johnson, who moved from Las Vegas to California in hopes of finding a better job. Girl, now you're going to move to Las Vegas to California. A better job in California. Mm. Okay. Uh uh find a better job said and, and it's more it's higher cost of living in California said due to her financial struggles, she is falling behind in her rental car payments and fears she will lose her car soon girl, why not move from not from California to some place like Texas or some place like you know places where you can get jobs and the cost of living is low. You don't need to be in California in Vegas, shit. Uh, It says, but she said, uh, sooner or later they're going to take the car. Uh, Johnson, who is a single mother of four, said due to her current hardships, her four children are currently staying with friends, and she tries to gain some stability. Listen, let me just say this, okay? She's a grown-ass woman. Dr. Dre has, and, I, and, and some of the rumors was that you know there was a reason why he wasn't giving. You don't know what these kids or grown kids are doing. They could maybe he was giving them money and they've been me- messing it off on things and stuff like that. And he's just tired. I don't know. Or maybe Dr. Dre don't really care. But whatever the case is, she grown. She grown out in these streets. And you know, at some point, you got to find your own way. Now I know daddy got 200 some million dollars in cash, but he also got an ex-wife who is trying to, her damnness to get it. <laughs>
2: Nicole,
1: Nicole, Nicole, Nicole count coin. Nicole trying to get them coins. <laughs> so here's the thing. You know, when you've grown like that, try to straighten up your life on your own. You might find that he may reach out to you and try to help you when he sees you doing better on your own, when he sees you doing your own thing. But if he doesn't, tell with him, okay? Sometimes if people don't got to help you, parents don't have no obligation to you after you grown. That's real shit. I had to tell one of my family members this. Don't nobody got no obligation. I tell a family member who think her parents got, out of, got to be uh, 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 obligated to her, no, you wrong. They ain't got to do shit for you. But be, be glad for the things they do do. I feel sorry for it. Now, I'm going to tell you, if I had a billion, you know, and I had kids out in these streets, I would think I'd probably feel funny. You know what I'm saying? I try to say, hey, you know, put them under a strict regime or get make sure they got a place to stay, uh, pay it out of my pocket. I mean, I wouldn't let give them the money. I'd pay it. i say, hey, I'll provide you a place to live with your children. That's all I'm doing. Now, you got to get a job to keep the lights on. You got a job to keep the gas on or something like that because she got kids. I would try to do that. But if you can't maintain that shit, then I, and I don't know if Dre has done that. Dre may have done that. We we don't know. We don't know what the fuck she, how, how she end up doing Uber Eats and sleeping in her car. We don't know how she how she done did this. We don't know if he's been helping her all this time. So I'm not ready to criticize him for this, okay, especially when grown-ass people talk. Talking about, I didn't try to call my daddy, my daddy, and you damn near 40. Good time it is. And I'm for family helping family. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Family should help family. But sometimes we don't know how much people don't help people. And then they talking shit because they and see, he ain't gonna help me, but maybe he done helped her a thousand times before. So we we just really don't know the all the story to this, okay? So you know, yeah, I, I can't I can't really be saying nothing about grown ass kids, okay? Speaking of grown ass kids who want to get out from of their dicks, Britney Spears. <laughs> Was that a good segue? <laughs> Britney Spears' ex bodyguard. Spears' star is seeking to end conservatorship too soon. Huh? Somebody thinks like me. Britney, yeah, this is according to uh, MSN.com, okay? It's saying Britney Spears' former bodyguard worries about what might happen if the star is freed from her conservatorship. Fernando Flores, who was hired to work for the toxic hit maker in 2010 but quit eight months later, has said he feels very protective of the star despite no longer working for her. Brittany has been under conservatorship since 2008. He wasn't there that long, though. And while the former police officer acknowledged the conservatorship does have its faults, he thinks giving Brittany her freedom back will be damaging to her mental health. Speaking about the Free Brittany Movement, which seeks to end the 39-year-old's conservatorship, he told the Sunday Mirror newspaper, I feel very protective of Brittany because I remember how vulnerable she was when I was looking after her. Her state of mind meant she was always at risk of being taken advantage of, and I fear that's happening again. I do, too. Because, see, you know what? Let me stop right there. When I see uh, free Britney campaigns and shit like that suddenly making the news, I told you I get suspicious. I start saying, who's putting the money behind that? Where is that coming from? But anyway, says she was a complete mess before the conservatorship was introduced, and for all its faults, it did get her life back under control. I totally get the Free Britney movement, but what is the alternative, really? If the conservatorship is removed, we risk going back to 2008 again. Britney is currently in court after attempting to get her father, Jamie Spears, removed as a conservator. Jamie oversees his daughter's financial matters while Jody Montgomery is in charge of Britney's public personal affairs. But the Slum Party singer wants to have a certified public accountant take over Jamie's role. See, listen, I just... You know, I, I I I don't. You know, my personal opinion is I saw her. You know, saw her back when I saw her back in the day, and still when I see her now, you know, you can look in people's eyes and you be like ooh. Like you know, it just seems like she's not all the way yet ready. Like it don't seem. It just I, I keep saying this. I, I feel like there are bigger powers that be that want to take advantage of this young girl. I mean, this grown woman who's mentally, can be mentally, maybe she, I don't know if she has bipolar, I don't know, I don't know what it, the mental illness she was dealing with, but whatever it is, her father got a conservatorship to protect her, I don't believe that he's, he you know, he's take, everybody's trying to say he's taking advantage of her, I don't know if I really believe that, I, I really believe that he may be trying to protect her from the vultures. But at the same time, I'm not gonna get my head be getting talked about every day in the news, and get my head bashed on, and you t- calling me, telling, I mean, calling me in the press uh, a horrible father, and and names and shit, and I'm trying to do nothing but care for your ass. Hell no! If I'm her daddy, I've always said give her her shit back. Let's see how she did. Okay, just give her her shit back. She grown. Give her her shit. You try to protect. You did all you can. I said, this is my message to Brittany. I keep saying to Brittany, Spirit's Father, you've done all you can. Sometimes you gotta let a grown ass person have their shit. Let the vultures come. And it is what it is. Look at Dr. Drake. Look at Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre's hey, 'Hey, Dr. Drake probably did all he can. Like, he probably letting the vultures hit right now. 'Cause sometimes people need to bust. The, some people need to bust their their head. Sometimes parents keep their kids from busting their ass." When they need to bust their ass, like you, you keep your kids. You trying to protect them. I know you love them. I understand. I understand. I empathize with parents. I'm not a parent, but I empathize. You know, I, I get you. You don't want to see your child fall, but you don't do them any, any favors. You gotta let them bust that ass. And then when they really realize it, you know, sometimes it might be too late. You might have a Michael Jackson situation. Remember, I always talk about Michael Jackson. Remember what happened with Joe? He was calling Joe up when he couldn't do them 50 shows. He can't do 50 shows. Well, shit. Joe tried to come, but by then it was too late. The vultures had descended and taken over. And next thing you know, Michael had some, he was died died of polphofile use, which to this day is suspicious as fuck. It's the most suspicious death ever. Even know, have you ever, Cyborg, Prophofol, have you ever had it when you say I remember once again, Prophofol, I was like,
2: what?
1: When you went to sleep, oh, my God, it was great. But by the way, I don't believe Michael Jackson, like, was getting that done. Actually, I, that story just sounds crazy to me. The Prophofol story has always sounded crazy to me. And, you know, we were going to have the nurse on here years ago. But something happened with the interview where we couldn't, we end up not getting the interview or she, but we had, we had, um, we had her on, we had the nurse that we were supposed to do, then talk to the nurse that was taking care of Michael for a little bit. And she, she couldn't, we couldn't do the interview with her because we had an interview with Turbo that day, which went long. That's the longest fucking interview I had in history. I learned a lot from that
2: interview. <laughs> remember,
1: do y'all remember Turbo uh, from Breaking? Breaking 2. That's the funniest ass interview. I just I I just let him talk the whole time. I mean he just I mean shit. He I was like I. It's where I first I started learning to control interviews because I did not. I was like I could not shut his ass up. <laughs> but he was great. He was he was one of my favorite interviews. He was funny. He was hilarious. Had lots of stories and everything. But we we were supposed to interview her that day and we couldn't because of the time ran out. And so uh, she, we never could get our schedules together to get her back on. But she had a very interesting story about Michael. She really never believed the profile. I don't think she ever kind of the profile thing never set right with her. You know, I just feel like Michael at that point, you know. I always believed Michael Jackson was murdered. I'm sorry. You know, I don't even believe Prince died on his own. I'm a conspiracy theorist. I think Prince was murdered. I mean, like, who the fuck finds somebody in the elevator? You know, to, unless he would kill himself. I just don't believe. You know, I just believe people. You know, sometimes people, uh, you know, the, the the place, some of these uh, these the music business. Some things in the music business can be real dirty. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. But I feel like Britney Spears, she may put herself in that kind of danger if she doesn't get, if she doesn't have her father or somebody in control. Uh, that gives room for the vultures to come, you know. So, very interesting story. Okay, that's one of the one stories I wanted to get out for y'all that we didn't talk about the other day. Also, uh, Kenya Moore pulls the plug on Mary Shemart Daly. Okay, Kenya, I thought Kenya was already divorced. You mean to tell me Kenya ain't divorced from Real Housewives of Atlanta? I thought Kenya's ass was already gone. I thought she already done this. Oh, God. <laughs> I thought Kenya was divorced. There's no? Oh, she finally decided the divorce. Okay, so they're saying Kenya is uh, going to seek primary custody of her child. This is according to com. Okay, I just thought she was already done. I, I didn't know she was still messing around with this dude or they were still married. I, I didn't know that. Wow, interesting. Okay. Um. What other story was that? Vanessa Bryant's uh, mother's lawsuit is been settled. Okay, I want to read that. I wanted to talk about that. Uh, Vanessa, they're saying last year the mother of Kobe Bryant's widow filed a lawsuit against his estate, claiming, this is according to uh claiming Kobe promised to take care of her for the rest of her life after accusing her daughter of cutting her, her off. Uh, Vanessa Bryant and her mother have the case. Vanessa Bryant's mother, Sophia Lane, claimed she had a nanny been a nanny for Brian and children, and a personal assistant to Vanessa for more than 20 years and was owed a compensation in the amount of $96 per hour for a total of $200,000. Now, according to reports, Vanessa and her mother have settled the case and details will remain confidential. Listen, you know what, first off, I don't mean to talk about nobody's mama, okay, because I understand, you know, I don't mean to talk about nobody's mama, but her mama ain't shit, okay, to do that to her after losing her child and her husband in less than a year. I don't give a fuck what he promised you. Damn, give it a minute before you sue your daughter, who's probably going through emotional turmoil. What kind of fucking... But you know what? I know why Vanessa gave her the money. She probably, like, just leave leave me the hell alone. Like, you know, like, because she probably know a lot of shit, and she's probably going to be writing books and telling stories. So you just settle with her ass, okay? You just settle with somebody rotten like that that would tell their child stories, tell stuff about this, because I know she what's probably was coming next. In my conspiracy theory she was getting ready to probably sell books. This was that probably was a little blackmail case, in my opinion. And Vanessa just said, "You know what? Give her the fuck what she wants and get her so she can get out of my life." Probably sealed the, you know, probably, you know, kept her from selling stories. And you know what? I would have gave. I wouldn't even went to court for this because this court stuff is a waste of time. Just give her some money. And send her about her damn way. Make her sign uh, NDAs and all that. that she make sure she can't she can't tell, or sell no stories, sell no books. Now she, if you scandalous enough to go after your daughter, this is the sad part. If you scandalous enough to go after your daughter after less than a year after losing her husband and child in a helicopter crash, if you scandalous enough to do that, you scandalous enough to tell other people the story to have them sell it. <laughs> Sad some sad shit. Okay, family. I can tell you right now, family sometimes ain't shit. I tell people this all the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a person that believes blood thick. Blood is thicker than water. If you got a good family, blood is thicker than water. But some family members, blood ain't thick. Blood don't mean shit to them. Yeah, so so sometimes you gotta cut people off regardless of them being family or not. I am for people cutting off a family member. I will cut your ass off with I'm a Scorpio. I have no problem in cutting that ass off. <laughs> you can ask family members who I've done it to. I will be cold as hell, okay? Because why? Because if you treat me with disrespect, I don't care if you you are auntie, a, a granny, a mama. If you disrespectful, you disrespectful. And nobody has to put up with disrespectful family members, especially after losing a child and a husband. Damn, come soon. It's hideous, I and mean, you should be comforting your child and help your child through her shit. But, now nah, you up here, I, they, they promised me money and trying to sue. This is horrible shit, horrible. That's not cool. I don't care what she did. Whew. Anyway, what's the next story? I had another story. This is a Texas. Oh, Amber Geiger's ass. Amber Geiger. Amber, Amber. Remember Amber? Amber who killed the man who accidentally in Texas walked into a man's apartment as he sat and I ate ice cream on his couch minding his own damn business. Amber Geiger, the police officer, accidentally walked her ass, well no, she said she accidentally went into her ass into his apartment talking about it was her apartment and shot this man sitting on the couch eating his ice cream and killed him in his own house. Amber's ass has been trying to appeal. I knew it, I knew it. All that praying and forgiving. forgiving. Forgiving, I said that ain't the place for the forgiveness. Forgive her in private. Don't be hugging her and stuff. It, it, people they remember they was giving her the Bibles and all that stuff when that was a place for justice to be dispersed. But meanwhile, as soon as as soon as she got her ass sitting in jail, she trying to appeal. Anyway, but it says, this is according to com. it says, The evidence is undisputed. Texas Appeals Court upholds murder conviction for killer cop Amber Geiger, who shot both and John. I mean, damn, you only got ten years. Calm your ass down. you probably be out in five. Serve that time for taking that man's life. According to AP, uh, AP, Amber Geiger, the killer cop who fatally shot Botham John, days behind bars, will last a lot longer since her recent day in court Thursday. A three-judge panel in the 5th District of Texas heard Geiger's appeal and ruled that there was sufficient evidence for the jury's guilty verdict. Jurors in the trial fell so, uh, trial fell so hard for the blonde hair and white tears that they gave her a measly 10-year sentence for shooting her neighbor Botham in cold blood. It is a disgustingly light slap on the wrist, but the court appeals upheld her conviction. The incompetent killer cop claimed that she mistakenly entered John's neighboring apartment instead of her own and thought the 26-year-old accounting eating ice cream was somehow a dangerous intruder. Her lawyers agreed unlawfully, uh, unlawfully entering John's home was a reasonable mistake, so shooting to kill a black man minding his own business should be chalked up to negligence. The panel of judges saw through the rancid, racist, <laughs> pathetic excuse. Uh, this says that she was mistaken as to John's status as a resident in, in his own apartment or a burglar in hers does not change her mental state from intentional or knowing criminally uh, or knowing to criminally negligent. The judges concluded that the twenty-three year in their twenty-three page opinion, we decline to rely on Geiger's misconception. Of the circumstances leading to her mistake in beliefs Has a basis to reform the jury's verdict In light of the direct evidence to her intent to kill Okay, they say if she still has a few more chances To get out of serving her extremely short time in prison She'll be eligible for parole in 2024 Under her current uh, sentence And her defense attorney can still ask for a Texas to a court of criminal appeals to overturn her conviction. I mean, the nerve. This is the girl y'all was giving Bibles, the judge was giving Bibles to and shit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't got no problem with forgiveness and giving a Bible. I just think the courtroom is a place of justice. And she already had gotten a light-ass sentence for walking into a house, somebody's house. Can you imagine you sitting in your house eating your ice cream, Minding your business? I'm in your business. And here comes somebody through the door just shoot you. And then turn around and try to tell people it was an accident. I thought it was my house. And you know what they did? They proceeded to go through his house. Let me tell you what some of the media did. And, they, and you know, he was a good boy. He was an accountant. He was going to church every Sunday. But you know what they focused on? The fact that he had some weed in his house next to his bed.
0: Fuck. What the fuck?
1: So what? This is his house. Nobody talks about her ass when well, she's smoking that night when she entered into his house, but they spoke trying to find some bad shit on him. I'm like, what the hell is this? It don't matter if he got weed. I don't care if he had crack cocaine sitting right there <laughs> by his dresser. She came in his house while he was eating some ice cream, and now she got nerve enough. Up here trying to get a pill. See, his family was hugging all on her. <laughs> oh, you, we forgive you. <laughs> Look at her. She ain't been in jail a good two years and already trying to get her ass out. Ain't that something?
0: That's like a the nerve. Unbelievable. <sighs>
1: Story that I have to talk to y'all about I was going to talk to y'all about this uh, uh, The uh, It was a show on last night The Marriage The Fiance uh, uh, the, it's, it's some new show on um, Dang it On um, What is that show on It's on um, it's, it's not new really It's called Where Your Family Tries to Decide If You Should Get Married and, uh, like, they, they, you know, because if you've been having problems in your marriage, I mean, or if you've been having problems and you've got a long-term relationship and you've been having problems, well, your family comes to this counseling thing and with you, and they decide because the families are di- at disagreement, they don't want to give you their blessing. Well, they come there to decide if they should give you your blessing during their marriage. Well, this one chick, it was very interesting last night. What is the name of that? It's something, fiance, I'm going to try to find it for y'all. So I, but I meant to talk to y'all about it, and I forgot. Um, can we talk about Coco? Oh, yeah, we got to talk about Coco. I got to talk about Coco because I meant to talk about her yesterday too. But let me get this. Um, I'm going to try to find it here. Marriage or fiancé or something, or it's something that comes on um, OWN. Is it OWN Network? I think it's, kind of, uh, it's OWN. I don't know if I have it up. But it was interesting. Last night I watched it. And uh let me see, um I'm gonna look it up, try to see if I can find it. Fiance. Fiance or family. That's the name of it. Fiance or family, okay? So this is their season two. I don't like the counselor they have on there, okay? Because 'Cause would be like, shit, I can counsel them. I'd be I'd be the i been had this shit wrapped up in a couple of things. They be put me on there. I'd be I'd be a great counselor for the family or fiance. But anyway. So a uh, gay therapist. But anyway, on there, this girl comes on the other night where she has just gotten divorced. She got divorced from this man who was pretty wealthy and had money, and she, you know, she was living a good life. She didn't have to worry about nothing or whatever, but she's now she's with this other guy who was like a former bouncer or something, a real good-looking guy or whatever, and her mom was like, oh, I don't want you to marry him. I want you to go back to your ex-husband. It was, it was hideous, right? Like, I mean, and, uh, but the whole thing, you could see it was a mess. But they all end up giving them a blessing, but I knew. I said, you know what, they are not going to, it's going to be a mess. They're going to be a mess. I wouldn't have gave them my blessing. Because the mama was making some good points on it, because the mama was like, she was used to being spoiled and stuff. And you it was just an interesting show. It was very interesting. Family or fiancé. Watch it. It's the interesting dynamics. It kind of really shows how important your families, our families can fuck it up. Mama said, now, obviously, it wasn't that perfect with the first husband, okay? You know what I'm saying? Because you can get have everything you want, but, you know, it was something she was missing. Well, it seemed like she did with this new dude. There's a lot of passion, you know, because he looks sexy. He looks like he's sexy, and, you know, you get, you know i Y'all know what, you know. <laughs> She she gets something else. She gets, but like you know, Mama was trying to let her know that passion, though passion, only goes so far. (laughs) What about rent, (laughs) mortgage, (laughs) red bottoms? Cause she's one of them bougie girls, right? Uh, What else? Mama was throwing out all those stuff. You know, what about? Hey, you got think about all this. Think about what you're giving up. Bass "Good dick only goes so far." That's what Mama was really trying to say. It was. It's a great. It's a good show. I was so. If you guys haven't seen this episode, "Family or Fiance," it's I think it's the first episode of season two. Y'all gotta watch it. It was really interesting. I I meant to play it yesterday for you guys. The um, the uh, oh god, is it is it? Let me see. Is it? Do I have the thing up? Let me see if I have the uh thing up from it. I might play a preview. Okay.
2: Sure I, I got kind, kind of a preview up Hold
1: on. Okay, that's not the preview Let me see um, Okay, here's a preview I'm gonna play I know it. people, they've been up here And they meet one guy And that guy takes them down with them That's why I screen whoever she goes on a date with I mean, seriously I, I put a lot of time and effort into Create this science project <laughs> At this point, I just think Jennifer is just insane completely. But Vanessa's perfect. I know that. What was another question that was really stressful for you to answer? Shoot. Infidelity?
2: Um, Infidelity.
1: Would you answer to that? Because we asked him the same thing, and he's a cheater. Every time they get in an argument, he goes and sleeps with a stripper. He said out of hurt. That was your excuse. Oh, I thought it it was completely over. In that
2: scenario, I definitely... It was but how many was times do you think mind. was over six times? Uh, you know, how many times do you think that we had those type of scuffles, if you will? A lot, when she called me. I'm like, where are you
1: going? Right. She's like, I'm going out with my friend. Mitch and I are fighting. I'm not worried about him right now. Yeah. She's
0: single. She needs to go out and have fun. She's been so
2: married Okay, so you're saying that when we are in these arguments,
1: she
0: is single, right? She is single, Right. but, but, but she is do her. Her. doing nobody. To her. Right, how do I know that? Because she's not like that. Do you, you think she's that kind of woman? No, Would you marry that kind of woman. woman? I do not think she's that kind of woman. You can ask, her. she'll put woman.
1: her hand on the Bible and tell you she sure. hasn't been with nobody. Okay. You're the only right. one playing in the kitchen. Okay. And your little dinky's going to get burned. You keep playing.
0: It ain't
1: really that little. I should start it. Uh-huh. That's what uh-huh. really sick. You slept with him yeah. knowing that he sleeps around. Okay, so y'all can hear the mama. The mama is a trip. Now, I ain't even play the part about the finances. The mama said she put a lot into her little science project.
2: <laughs>
1: but the mama was, on some point, the mama was making sense. But here's the thing. You can could, you could tell what's happened here. The mama really wants her to get back with the ex, okay, because the ex had the money and he was real good to her. He took care of her. He loved her and everything, but obviously their love wasn't enough. She wanted some passion, and Mitch looked like he got good deal, okay? That's what it looked like, okay? But the problem with Mitch is, you know, here's the thing, girls. <laughs> this is what Mama was. Mama, old school was trying to let her know. And then when they when they ended the show, at the end of the show, they say they was on hiatus again. I knew they was going to go on hiatus. It didn't, I, I knew just from listening to the, the issues they had. But But in this thing, Mitch is a very good-looking guy. Like, you know, maybe before in her marriage she did not have to worry about Infidelity You know It may not have She may not have had The passion right You know what I'm saying She probably <laughs> But now with Mitch's ass Cause he all fine And stuff She's gotta worry about His ass cheating Every time they have an argument, he would go out and cheat, or she had to worry about him doing this and that. I mean, the mama was just trying to let her know, like, you need to think about this. Even though the mama was over the top, she was way over the top. But y'all need to see this at Booth, this show, Fiance or Family. It is very interesting. It's funny. I saw last summer, last year, a couple of episodes from last year, but the first episode this this year was hilarious. Y'all got to check it out crazy, okay? And they also got this other one on there about um – where they allow people to go out on dates who've been together for a long time, that's crazy, too. It's some sort of crazy show on OWN, okay? But this one I found really interesting, fiancé or family. Please check it out on OWN TV. Uh, They probably show reruns. or You guys can probably check it out on YouTube, okay? It probably is um, a thing on YouTube about, you know, where you can watch it again. Okay, let's talk about Coco's ass, because I forgot to talk about Coco's ass the other day, about feeding a 5-year-old child. Breastfeeding five-year-olds Now, when I heard this story, I was like, really? Is that really true? Because <laughs> at, at some point I was like, at some point, you know You need to call Child Protective Services <laughs> But Coco Is defending the fact that Coco was married to Ice-T This is according to com, dot com, It says Coco Austin has no qualms About breastfeeding her five-year-old daughter The model shared that she won't uh, Let's see Hold on, where we at? I lose it. Okay, the do- model shared that she won't stop nursing Chanel until her daughter decides she doesn't want to anymore. She st- Chanel still likes my booze, Austin told us weekly Saturday. It's a big bonding moment for a mother and your child. The former Ice Loves Cocoa store 42 acknowledged that her and her husband, Ice-T's little girl, also eat steak and hamburgers, but likes a little snack every now and then. Why take that away from her? What? If she doesn't want it, all right, that's where you stop it, she said. But I'm not just going to say no. Ice-T defended Austin's breastfeeding last year when their daughter was nearly four years old, saying it was a way for Chanel to get close to her mom. Really? Sucking on her titty and she got teeth? What the fuck is wrong with people? No, that's a way to keep your child codependent. She's got full ass, she got big ass teeth. She looks like her daddy. She got big ass teeth already. No. We call it family bed. Austin told the magazine we have Chanel for all, four, uh, have Chanel and all four dogs. Given the crowded space, Austin admitted it takes a toll on her and her the rapper sex like saying they can't be really spontaneous anymore. What? <laughs> when I heard this, I was just like, this is why kids are so fucked up today, you know? Because you got motherfuckers out here trying to feed kids, breastfeed kids at five with full ass teeth in their mouth. I mean, you know, they got to hurt. Don't that hurt? Oh, my Lord. You know, my grandma told me this story. <laughs> and I kind of remember it. I have little sharp memories to the time I was like, even when I was two, I can remember little things. That's crazy. I have a good memory like that. I remember being in my stroller. When well, my grandparents used to have this, they used to have this gate that would keep me from going down the steps, and I just remember sitting in my stroller. I have this memory as far back sitting in my stroller just looking at that gate, like figuring out how to get it open. <laughs> I'm
2: not lying. This is,
1: I can see myself right now. I have a memory that far back. My grandparents always laugh. I even have a memory of my uncle pushing me around the stroller around this table, you know, and my grandparents are like, yes, that happened or whatever. But it's flashes of memories, right? And so my grandmother tells me this story, and I said, dang, I kind of remember that. My grandmother says that when I got almost two, like my little ass was trying to go in and fix my bottle. She said, she knew at that time, what the? F-? She said, uh-uh, it's time to get her little ass off the bottle. She's going in there trying to fix her bottle. <laughs> When you going in there trying to fix your damn bottle, it's time for your little your ass to come off your bottle. When you got full ass teeth in your mouth, you don't have no business. Nobody has no no little baby has no no grown ass kid. No 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 not grown it's not a kid. No big ass kid has time to be sit sucking on your titty. At this point, it's child abuse. <laughs> I, I'm serious. It sounds a little creepy at this point. A grown ass, a big ass five year old talking about she need a snack every now and then.
2: What the fuck? What kind of shit's going on? No
1: we, hey, Steve, come on now, you just can't do it. Y'all gotta stop this. This is this is not helping that child. Five years talking about bonding. Oof. That's scary, ain't it? Oh my Lord. I hate to end is that my last story? <laughs> oh, God. What in the world? What is going on around with the in the world? I think that's my last story. Is it about Tito? Oh, we're going to end it with Tito. Let's end it on a happier note. Tito Jackson. How Tito Jackson cast a love spell on the Kardashians and Kamala Harris. Okay. Music's royal family has joined forces with the Queens of Reality TV. Tito Jackson recruited his kin's own legendary lineage uh, and the Kardashian Jenners to celebrate the newfound moments in the solo spotlight. For more than half a century, the world has been under the spell of the Jacksons. With the launch of the 67-year-olds, this new blues album, Under Your Spell, Tito continues the magic. Star-studded video for his uplifting uh, debut uh, single, Love One Another, actually features cameos from a slew of familiar faces, from Chris Tucker to Magic Johnson, but it's also a dual A-list family reunion, Katherine, Janet, LaToya, Jermaine, Paris, Prince, share screen time with Kris Jenner and Khloe and Kim Kardashian. Um, Why the crowd? Well, you don't survive decades in a cutthroat industry, at least not long enough to score a late career peak without developing savvy. Uh, He says, my arm can only go so far, but including certain celebrities who have a wide reach like my sister Janet and the Kardashian family spreads across the world, Jackson told uh, The Post. All these celebrities say love one another, show the peace sign, and throw a kiss. Seeing the message of so liberally reminds you to be a good person. My friends were eager to show they represent love and world peace. It's a perfect message for the world. Do we got the song? You know, Tito gives a good ass theme song. You know, because my shit is we made it. People used to laugh out here at that. But my my co-host, we was gonna make that art. We was gonna make we made it our last song every day, <laughs> and we was gonna sing it. <laughs> We love that shit. We we like it so cool. But Tito makes a good. Act. I'm serious. We made it. Have you ever heard Tito's We made it. Y'all like crawl on stop. <laughs> I like that song.
2: Everybody, why doesn't everybody like t-
1: Tito? Is a, Tito has some great. Let me play a little bit of it. I played it on here before. I'll play a little bit of it. I'm gonna let y'all hear. Okay. That's not love one another because I don't think I have love one another. I have to find love one another. But I'm going to get it And I'm going to play Love on another next week Because I bet it From Tito is good Tito had His last album was good Tito's last album was good Y'all, y'all be hating on Tito Tito, be, Tito is a good blues player He be having good jazz uh, joints I'm so serious We me play a little bit of we made it though This is my chance <laughs> We
0: never the limit, until we... your bones, feel it in the beat, stand up on your feet, and shout real loud things.
1: Your ass like heart don't lie too I said I sure did <laughs> That's some of you are going What's heart don't lie That's Latoya's song Y'all remember Latoya's single heart don't lie That was my son. Your heart don't lie <laughs> Hey I like we made it I hear y'all talking about me I like it Tito puts on a the good thing song Okay Haters Okay, I'm kind of corny, but I like it <laughs> Anywho, oh my god have We come to the end of the show We have, thank you guys For listening to my review on Jennifer Hudson Starring in The movie Respect Aretha Franklin's uh, story If you missed the review You guys are going to have to go back When the when the show Comes up, you guys have to go back and listen to the archive show Okay Remember, if you want to hit me up, you can hit me up at Carlotta, the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. I forgot, I went blank. The Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up at Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram and on Twitter. It's Carlotta72 and C Chatwood Show. You can follow both pages. One, I don't hardly go on that much, but C Chatwood Show, I'm always on, okay? So make sure you guys follow. Listen, have a good weekend, y'all. You gotta get me twice this weekend.
0: Look at this.
1: Look at this. Who knows what the week will bring? Right? <laughs> I am out. Y'all have a good one. We're gonna end it with one. You know what? I got so many Aretha songs. You know, I don't know what my favorite Aretha song. Where is my favorite Aretha song? It's hard to say. But you know what? I love Jimmy Lee. Jimmy Lee is one of my. I played that earlier. But I probably would say that my favorite Aretha song is probably Hooked on Your Love. Oh, my God. From Sparkle. That's my shit. I love that song. I mean, Aretha has so many joints, but that Hooked on Your Love, woo, that's just such a sexy song. It is so sexy. From the Sparkle soundtrack, I love the lyrics, too. It's just a sexy song, right? You would love he sing singing. Oh, that's the best. I like it.
2: Okay. but yeah,
1: but here's one of my other favorite songs. It's like one of it was on one of Verita's last albums, and I really like it. I thought they got a nice hip song for her. Okay, so we're gonna end the show today with that song. Wonderful! It's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I will see you guys. God bless next week. Y'all have a good one. Okay, have a wonderful, wonderful week. All right, I'm out.
0: See y'all.